0: Welcome to Wine for Normal People, the podcast for people who like wine, but not the snobbery that goes with it. I'm your host, Elizabeth Schneider, author of the Wine for Normal People book and certified wine dork.
1: And I'm MC Ice, just a wine-loving normal person.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Wine Access, partner of the Michelin Guide and Wirecutter's top wine club. Listen in the middle of the show for more details and go to wineaccess.com slash WFNP to see the awesome wines that I'm drinking right now. We skipped the podcast last week because I was so busy and I do need to thank Tom Wark, who's been a guest on this show many times. You got to brag me.
1: about where you were.
0: I was at the National Association of Wine Retailers Conference. Excuse me. It was in Miami. Mm-hmm. And it was very fun. I had a great time, drank some outstanding wines because there was a bring your own bottle party, right? which I felt wholly inadequate. What in did bring. you
1: bring? Boons?
0: No, so there was a a really great little wine shop with this French guy. Who helped me, and I figured that since wait a there was minute, no you way, needed help. Well, because I figured that since there was actually zero chance of me being able to top what was going to be brought, like right. And I was right that I would need to find something. You went that the was opposite direction. Like,
1: what's the worst one I could bring? No, just to I torture have brought, everybody. It actually,
0: would have been hilarious if I brought Boone's Farm, but no. Instead, I looked for something that was just an oddball wine. Okay, what so did you bring? I found it was a. It was actually really expensive for a Bordeaux Superior. Okay. It was that doesn't sound $79 that crazy. for just a basic Bordeaux. It was... A very nice producer, and they aged it all in clamphora, which a lot of people in Bordeaux are doing right now. But this was a special wine, and so it came in a kind of funky bottle. It was actually it was tasty. a huge hit. I did like it. I mean, well, not compared to like the well, Premier no. Crew Von Romany and the Premier Cru. I think you had one of Lime Thomas Mon Jefferson's Rocher.
1: original wine right. bottles, right? Creux. Yeah. Mm.
0: But as I told the patrons, some really great wines. But some of them, even though I'd never had them before, I wouldn't have them again.
1: Really? Yeah. I thought I heard you talking to somebody recently about the price of some of those wines and that you enjoyed the mid-tier more than the ultra, ultra high-end? Well, Is that it, was like
0: Yeah. I don't want to uh, take away the exclusive content on Patreon, but if you are interested in becoming a patron, com slash wine for normal people, you know, I did a video on it and that's where you heard, because where you I heard me because you it recorded. Right. And it was just basically saying... These are the wines, and I listed every single wine that I had, because I had pictures of all of them, right. and these are the ones that I would get again, and these are the ones I wouldn't get again, and just really goes to prove what we already all sort of knew. That
1: which you're is not that, a wine snob.
0: No, just that sometimes like the $65 bottle of corna from the Northern Rhone is going to be better than the... $395 bottle of a California wine that is really over the top in alcohol. And I don't need to pick on California because there's actually some really awesome California wines, but people love Krug. It's just not my favorite. Champagne is a little heavy. I like really light styles. Okay, So I would prefer a Ruinart any day. Hmm. It's just those kinds of things. And I think it has to do with personal preference, but I'm not going to spend $500 on a bottle of champagne. Just saying. Not yet. Pretty interesting. Hey, While we're here, we might as well give our patrons the shout-outs this week.
1: Speak of the devil.
0: Speak of the angels who make this podcast possible. Without them, we would not have a show. So we need to thank Vaughn K., Bob N., Tracy K., Noemi T., Joseph M., Eliza V., April E., Fred A., Carolyn S., Shane P., Adam B., Lizby, Maddie L, and VJC. So, thank you for joining Patreon. And if you would like to become part of the community, we would love to have you. It is super fun, and you get exclusive content, like when like I go on a trip. To, right? When I get on, go on a trip to Miami, you get to see that. And I'm leaving for Tuscany. So Going to say,
1: speaking of trips, right, right? With a
0: group of 18 patrons, we do this twice a year. It's a patron only trip, but I'm leading that tour through Tuscany. And leaving on Saturday and meeting up with a group on Sunday. And the tour officially starts on Monday.
1: So this is officially my last episode, is what you're
0: saying? Yeah, because I'll never come back. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, that or the kids are going to kill me.
0: Well, you know, there could be that too. But these are fantastic trips. I'll put a little bit on social media, but most of the content is going to be... It's all going to go on Patreon. So again, another benefit. And including the four days that I'm in Campania, I will be doing some hangouts. Oh, cool. Yeah, live hangouts, which will be really cool, especially for our UK folks and Europe folks, because it'll be in their time zone. So a little bit on the early side for people here, but very fun. Anyway, before I go, we need to discuss this very fun episode It
1: wasn't quite Halloween-esque, but...
0: It was a little bit less gross than the Halloween episode.
1: A little less? Yes. (laughs) Much less. Although... I think because
0: we had already... It was educated guesses. There were some bad ones, Yeah, I was going
1: to say, although there were a surprising number of grotesque combinations, though.
0: So what I like to do when we do these episodes is I like to scour the interweb and look for what do people say are great... What do you
1: mean these episodes? What what are you talking about? we
0: do food and wine pairing episodes, and since this is in honor of Cinco de Mayo, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and we are doing Mexican food and kind of Tex-Mex.
1: NC-Mex.
0: Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. We are looking at what do people say? Because one of the things that we have found as we've done, we did spicy foods, we did... You know, the Halloween candy, we've done other, I can't even remember what we've done. We've done a whole bunch of these, but they really are the Wine for Normal People, like Test Kitchen, because we go and buy the food, and then we taste it to see if the pairings that are commonly suggested make any sense, and it is actually sort of outrageous how often what people are recommending to us is vile. So disgusting. It's unbelievable. Now, sometimes it totally hits the mark, but to me it kind of smacks of, well, that seems like that would go well together. So I'm just going to say that if you ask me, I'm just going to throw out a pairing and people haven't tried it. And that's a big problem in my estimation. Right. Because we did the vegetarian episode also. We haven't done a ton of these, but we had a bunch of different dishes and we supplemented, but we ordered queso and we had Chile Rienos and carne asada and enchiladas. We had mole. We had ceviche. We had salsa. We had refried beans, corn. Right, we I had, had, had Spanish some, rice. And some.
1: T- Chicken tacos, um, tacos, uh, some steak tacos, different than the carne asada tacos. Right. So
0: we didn't have fish tacos, but we eat them a lot, so we know what that is. But we
1: also had ceviche. We did have
0: ceviche, but we eat fish tacos quite a bit, so we know what's going to work with that. And tamales was the only other Mm -hmm. thing that we did not have, but tamales are corn-based. And so they have some sweetness sweetness to them. And that's going to play into some of the things that we talk about. And some of the surprises, surprise, surprise, that we found. I'm going to start out by just talking about some of the wines that people said were really good with all of this stuff. On the red side, it was softer reds, so Beaujolais was probably the number one recommended. There was some Rioja, Garnacha, Mencia, things of that ilk. People would say, okay, a Zinfandel or a Malbec, Mm -hmm. those are going to go better with the red meat dishes. Sauvignon Blanc is one that everybody talks about. Albarino has proven to be a winner for me in the past, but we'll talk about it this time. Gruner Feltliner.
1: Even some sparkling, right? Rosé. Oh, rosé. Yeah, that was good.
0: And sparkling.
1: Wait a minute. First of all, because I just poured a little bit of the Mencia I haven't had it since we did our tasting. Mm-hmm. It's not at all what I remember. Right. It was so much better with the food.
0: Very acidic on Right, exactly. Yes. Wow. That's another thing, right? Some of these wines will be greatly enhanced by yep. The food. Yep. And some of the pairings are going to make the wine taste disgusto. What we need to keep in mind is... Although some people will recommend this, I did not pick up anything that was sweet with the exception of the cava which was an extra dry, which means that it did have a little bit more sweetness which I don't even think you picked up on when we
1: Only drank a little it. bit but I wasn't it was so good with some of the food that I I wasn't drinking it by itself, so I don't even re- remember.
0: Right. So I did that by design, but it's not What did you think that was going
1: to pair with, though? A lot of of sugar. It
0: did. It did. It did. No, because the corn is really Uh, where I'm going with this. Corn is extremely sweet. I mean, they make corn syrup out of corn. Sugar
1: substitute out of it, right?
0: Very, very sweet. But it also is a little earthy. So. Mm -hmm. What we found is that for the corn, there are plenty of fruity whites that are going to go really well if you have a Mm corn-based anything. And I don't think you need a sweet white to go with Mexican or Texans. No, no, no. In fact, I think that would not be good.
1: I think it's a detriment.
0: Yes. So we had, these are the wines that we had. I should go over the wines. We did a Cava. We did Albarino. Mm -hmm. We did Gruner. We did a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc.
1: I was surprised at Gruner that yeah, you would even select Yeah, we actually that. had
0: some Chardonnay laying around. Right. For some Santa Barbara yeah, Chardonnay. Yeah, that's right, that's right. We had Provence Rosé. Uh-huh. Then on the Reds, we had a Rioja. We had Mencia. hmm uh-huh. We had Beaujolais Village. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we had Garnacha. We actually had more wines than that, but it seemed like we could extrapolate from the wine styles that we had. So we didn't actually open every single bottle that we got, which was good because that was a lot of wine. So (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should start out with the Reds because they were highly unsuccessful for the most part, except with the carne asada. Except
1: with the carne asada. They were pretty much a strikeout. Steak tacos. Right.
0: Except if you are going to have red meat, yep. We did not have pork, but I think that you, pork would not work with these no, wines I either. Would agree. You should talk about this because I don't eat red meat. You had over and over and over again. The winner seemed to be with carne asada was the, garnacha. Garnacha, yes. With the steak tacos, it was garnacha. garnacha and the second runner up was rioja
1: correct yeah i thought the garnacha accentuated the spices in the steak but in well, a without in a complimentary way. way without overshadowing anything or without changing the flavors and so i thought that 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 really went went best second was the rioja which added a bit of smokiness to uh, to the meat i believe you said and i
0: will quote it tastes more meaty.
1: It does. T- <laughs> yes, that's right. And so, so I would say smokiness and I think I said game, like a little more gamey. gamey. Yes, you did say that's that. right. But and I, the Mencia, I thought, I mean, actually now after tasting it here again on its own.
0: Tough to take it, on its own. It,
1: it, it is. Here's what it is. The food did wonders for the wine not the other way around, where well, the other two, I think it was more of a synergistic relationship.
0: And the Beaujolais was a stone-cold loser uh, no, with everything. Actually, Beaujolais, which is one of the most recommended reds for Mexican, was really? absolutely horrible I, th- I found for, it with
1: sour. And- it was sour
0: with everything. Everything yes. it ruined the wine, it's
1: overly fruity.
0: The wine either Ugh. tasted really tart, it just ruined the food. Yep. The entire pairing, for me at least, with Beaujolais and anything that we had, was really bad. And I'm not at all surprised that it did not go well with the meat dishes either. Because the basic tenet here, if we think about the pairings, Mexican food is heavy and chilly. Not the country, not the country, right. Like chili powder, chili,
1: right. Peppers. as opposed to
0: Chile, Peppers. right. Peppers and lime. And you have cilantro in many cases. And you have sweet so you and get, spicy and right. smoky flavors, right? right? Beaujolais is this bright, very yes. clean. Flavored thing against
1: the earthiness, it does not work work well. It does
0: not work. I even think that if you had a crew Beaujolais, which we did not, it still would not do anything for the food and it certainly would ruin the wine.
1: What do we say about the uh, tomato based salsa?
0: With the Beaujolais, I don't think it went well either. Right, right. Beaujolais for me, and this defies the wisdom here that we're imparting, which is that Garnacha is amazing with the meat dishes. And it although it wasn't successful with many of the other dishes mm-hmm. because the whites and rosé were oh, far wow. better, Fabulous. Garnacha is a pretty safe bet if you want a red. Now, in that same vein, Garnacha has high alcohol. It has lots of fruit. Mm-hmm. It has low tannin. And I think this is where people are going off the rails on doing Beaujolais and food, Yeah, is that they're saying, well, if Garnacha works, then obviously Beaujolais will work also. Then what's the
1: difference between Garnacha and Beaujolais?
0: Well, the grape, right? So Beaujolais is is gamay. It grows on granite. It's high in acidity. Garnacha is not high in acidity. Garnacha is fruity. It's Mm -hmm. round. It's soft. It has a little bit of tannin, but not too much. Same with Beaujolais Mm -hmm. in that way. But it's just not as acidic. And I think the acidity in Beaujolais does not work. Interestingly, the acidity in the menthea does work a little bit Mm -hmm. better, but that's also because it's got a bigger tannic backbone also. Oh, right. And the fruit is different. You don't have this very effusive, bright fruit coming out of Mencia, it's more earthy, and it's a little bit spicier. Right. It can be floral, but it's not effusive. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Zinfandel, in the right incarnation, right. would have things that Garnacha also had. Now... We didn't taste this, but a softer Malbec also oh, is going to be from right, Argentina, right. is also going to work. Something with lower tannins. It's
1: usually paired with the similar flavor profiles.
0: Exactly. Good for the spice, all of that. So those would be the reds that I would recommend. And then if you want something standing up straight mm-hmm. a little more, then you'd go for a Rioja, Tempranillo, and something like Adoro wine with Torrigo Nacional uh-huh. as... The backbone. I wanted to get through the reds, but the albarino worked pretty well with the carne asada. By the way, oh yeah, for the for the whites, yes, yes, on the white side, yes, the albarino. If you want a white, it's going to go with a number of other dishes. Albarino, far and away. According was to the, you, yes, said it the retained winner. the spice, added yes. smoothness, stood up to the carne it asada, did. which is really it added pretty like amazing. a
1: creaminess to it. So you had the spicy with creamy. It was an, it was actually a pretty good combo. Right,
0: and compared to let's see, the Grüner, the carne asada tasted stale and disgusting. Let's see, offensive. <laughs> we have here horrible. Yep, those are some of the notes with every other white. Feet,
1: yeah. Yes. yeah mm-hmm. I think the
0: rose. It says disappeared. Yeah, so, it did. That was yeah. surprising. Yeah, to that me. is a little surprising. It is a lighter stuff. that be tabelle, the, the, probably could do it. Okay, yeah, okay. but not Cote de Provence. That was a standard Cote de Provence right, rose. Right. So no, I mean okay. that's the reds and that's red meat. But the great expanse of Mexican food mm-hmm. outside of the realm of red meat is a lot of beans and vegetables and cheese and chicken and these sauces, tomato sauces, mole. And when you have these sweet, savory, spicy things and you have some citrus, reds are not going to work. But what we are going to have are some very excellent white pairings. And that's what we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about, because that's really where all the action was for us.
1: Almost the rest of the show. I thought that there was a chance of some of the reds working with a mole sauce, though.
0: Disaster.
1: Yeah, not good at all.
0: Absolute disaster. So mole is chili peppers right. with a bunch of different herbs everybody has a different mole mm-hmm. and maybe it was just the mole that we had a
1: specific type yeah yeah but...
0: and maybe it would work i do want to give that caveat but the mole that we had was from a local restaurant and it's pretty traditional That's mole what I thought. it tasted smoky. it mm-hmm. tasted smoky and had a little bit of sweetness a little bit of spice it was a pretty traditional version. If there's a different kind of mole that you like, then perhaps you could do it with red, but I thought it was horrible. It was I thought horrible. every I was last surprised. red with the mole was terrible. And with all of the other dishes, we already know maybe with pork, you could do a garnacha if you had a pork yep. taco, yep. or pulled pork kind of thing. Maybe people say Pinot, but I'm not sure. Again, you're gonna have you the think, same problem that you know. have with Beaujolais, mm-hmm. where you're gonna get these Depends tartness. How spiced
1: though, I mean sometimes yeah. pork can be pretty I spicy. Wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't do Beaujolais, and I wouldn't. I don't think the French wines really are gonna be. Very successful. Is it they,
1: do they need more fat or what? Why? Um, I think
0: that French style wines, for the same reason that I love them, it's the reason that they don't go with this kind of food, which is that these are incredibly complex dishes. I mean, the thing about Mexican food is if you think about it, it's very hard to cook it well because it is a complex. Taco array. Bell agrees. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I just ran to the border. I got my um Dorito Chalupa. I appreciate you reminding me of that. Oh my god, what was that chimichanga with and they put like chocolate inside? Yes, of it. yes, yes. Oh Jesus, the thing is, Mexican food is incredibly complicated, French food is very complicated too. French food. Is not about hot spice mm-hmm, at all, right? Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of French dishes where you're talking about chili powder or anything like that. It is complex in the in its herbal constitution. Herbal with
1: fat and fat
0: and cr- cheese and cream, cream and lots of meats and, yep, dairy, and things yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Lots of dairy. It is complex in a different way. And these wines that are very soft and beautiful complement French food very well. They also complement a number of other French wines also complement a number of other foods. I just think that. They do not necessarily do well with some of these hotter dishes because they've got too much softness to them, you know, too much elegance maybe, right. which is not an insult to the food. I just want to be clear. It's just that they're so nuanced that it, these foods just roll right over them. I think that's part of the problem. It's
1: like ballet versus salsa dancing.
0: I can't do either of them. We mentioned it before, but we do need to thank our patrons on Patreon, and I would love for you to become a member of the community. Patreon is how this podcast continues to go. Without it, we could never do Wine for Normal People. So we appreciate the support of everybody who is willing to spend the price of a bottle of wine for the whole year. It's about $22 for membership for the year at the lowest tier and that really helps and helps keep us going. This is the patron of the arts model, but in return, you get tons of great stuff with the community. No tote bag like they have a PBS, sorry. But you do get lots of great content, fun hangouts, and lots of involvement and activity. It's really a fantastic community. Patreon.com slash wine for normal people, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash wine for normal people and wine for normal slash classes if you love the podcast and you want to door out with a group of people for a couple of hours with me. I teach all the classes, they are all live. I give you lots of great handouts and detailed notes, they're super fun. $30 a person, winefornormalpeople.com slash classes and we need to thank our sponsor Wine Access Wine A-C-C-E-S-S slash normal is how you will find information on the Wine for Normal People Wine Access Wine Club our newest shipment is going out these are wines that are tracking my trip to Tuscany some of the wineries that we'll be visiting will be in this pack then some wines from Piedmont which I'll be visiting later this year so you get to have An advanced look at some of those really cool wines too. Wine Access has wines that are curated from around the world by the most credentialed team out there. And the stuff is usually not found anywhere else. When you spend $150, you get free shipping, which really helps out a lot. They have a buy and hold feature. You have up to 30 days to reach that free shipping threshold. Look around, and as they add new things over the 30 days, you can get those bottles and add them to your shipment to get free shipping. Go to WineAccess.com slash WFMP to see wines that I am drinking right now on my special page or WineAccess.com slash normal to join the wine club for the next shipment. Wine com slash WFMP and you'll get 10% off your first order. Don't miss out on these fantastic wines. Now let's get back to the show. We started with the cava because that's where we were going to start with the lighter style, even though it had some sugar in it. And maybe the best pairing of the entire thing thing was this extra dry cava with queso. I mean, it was... Breaking it was off amazing. the chain. Oh what god. was up with that? It I was nutty. Know. I
1: think we almost drank the whole bottle. Oh my
0: god, it was so and it was the first wine. I know. It was such a good pairing It's so unexpected. It sort of fell down for the Cava after that, but oh my gosh, we just kept going oh, so back good to with it. That queso. It amped up the cheesiness, it gave the spice some direction, it made it nuttier. Oh, uh, yeah, I highly recommend right. that. I thought it
1: was gonna destroy the creaminess of the the queso,
0: it was freaking delicious. It was okay, amazing. kava and corn combo is pretty delicious. True, true. That actually works very well. After that, ugh, kava just didn't do much. Have kava and ceviche, nope. That's one of the notes, right? It was terrible with the mole. Do you
1: think it would have been better if it had? Been a little sweet. Yeah, Maybe
0: if it had been bone dry and not a little sweet, it would have done okay. But I don't know. I mean, it did okay with rice.
1: Oh, it was good with the rice. Yeah, it was all right. But
0: it it just didn't do anything magical. I would recommend that you try it. Maybe if you tried a bone dry style, it would be better. But I did not find that the flavors were particularly Mm -mm. complimentary, at least for us. And in the past, I have found it just doesn't work that well with a lot of Mexican food. I think it actually works very well with Indian food. It works well with Chinese Mm -hmm, food. mm -hmm. I'm not sure that it's great for Mexican. Enough
1: said. I'm getting like cases of the queso and cava together though.
0: Okay. Then we moved on to the albarino, which I was most excited about because generally speaking, albarino is a very safe pairing. And I thought, okay, this is going to be our winner. It did do well with the queso. I thought it did okay with the mole. You did not like it. You hated it, actually. Mm-hmm. You thought it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable with the ceviche. It was
1: great with It was, great was with so
0: the great with avocado. So anything with avocado, it was great with guacamole. If you eat ceviche, which has that tanginess to it, right. it was smooth, it was creamy. The avocado pairing was really kicking. So Alberino with avocado was amazing. The queso was fine. Interestingly, with tomato-based salsa, the wine tasted sweet.
1: It did, right.
0: And it's dry. Right. It didn't taste that like weird. that before. And with the chile relleno, it just reduced the spiciness and sweetness, but it didn't do anything, and, it, and I was it really It was really kind of dull, yeah. yeah. It dulled the wine, yep. dulled the food. It didn't do well. What it actually shone with or shined with mm-hmm. was the refried beans. It tamed the salt added some floral notes, really nice. Albariño is mainly pretty solid. I'm going to say that it can go with carne asada and it can go with ceviche and anything with avocado and it does well with the salsa. It falls down a little bit on super spicy stuff, but I think that it's a pretty safe bet.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Quick clarification though on the beans, because we actually... Tested two different types of beans. We tried the omnivore, fat full. Right beans. with lard, yeah. right with lard, and like, then the we're vegeta-
0: assuming that the restaurant cooked them in lard, but I think I think yeah, no, they did. and
1: then the and then vegetarian the, version. Yes, we
0: had vegetarian version. I did not eat the lard version, but you like them, and I thought the wine tasted herbal. Yeah, and right, right, fruity and mm-hmm. floral with the vegetarian mm-hmm. beans, and it I thought it tasted better with the
1: vegetarian. Oh, beans. Oh, it
0: was but... delicious. It was absolutely amazingly delicious. So. For me, Albarino did a very strong showing, and what does that say? That says that wines like Portuguese, whites, Verdejo would go really well from Spain, potentially a softer style Riesling. I'm thinking about like Smith-Madrone's Riesling from hmm. Napa, something with a little bit less acidity, so maybe Alsace, but probably not. Again, we have that French problem right. where it might be too soft. I would not do... French wines except for the rosé but that's just me Albarino gets a big thumbs up Cava gets a thumbs up with the queso and pretty much thumbs down with everything else then we had a Gruner now why did we do Gruner we did it because it was on a bunch of lists and I am pretty sure no one has ever tried Gruner with Mexican food before and just put this on the list this is a totally standard bearer Gruner Mm -hmm although it did fine with the queso so we started out well it was bad with salsa yep. it was bad with beans it was bad with avocado it was bad with ceviche it was bad with guacamole the chile relleno completely overpowered it the mole mm-hmm. tasted stale the carne asada you use the word stale for that for right, Gruner. Right. It did not work.
1: So when I mean stale there, I, I remember tasting sort of cardboardy. That's what know? happened with like, the
0: mole also. Like bad
1: saltines. like.
0: And it just did not work, and it didn't work with the corn dishes. Now, Gruner can work with fish tacos. We've had it with that before, and it and it does right. well. Right, that's right. But I think that's because normally on a fish taco, you might have- it's more a- acid? A- avocado, you're going to have some corn, and you're going to have some acidity. And then you've got usually some sort of aioli, which doesn't oh, belong yeah. on fish tacos, but that's the Tex-Mex version, and right. it's freaking delicious. What do you mean Don't- it doesn't belong? I'm in. just it, saying it's not like traditional. blasphemy. It's delicious. It should be. Right, but it's some sort of mayonnaise thing that tastes really good. But it's just not very traditional, and Grüner does well with that because Grüner has a soft body, Hmm. and that kind of melds in pretty well. So Grüner's great with fish tacos if that's what you're having. But if you're going for some of this more complex stuff, Mm -hmm. like it really was a loser with mole. It was a complete. I thought it was just terrible with salsa, which is a problem because salsa is on so many things. Right. It made the ceviche bitter. Bitter. Yeah. Exactly. I don't
1: know. That was weird.
0: I guess it was too aptly too tropical. I would say no on the Gruner. Then we moved on to the Supreme Star of the Evening. I was really
1: shocked. I don't know about you. Which
0: won the night. Yep. Because everything, with the exception of the carne asada, but I think even that might have even been Even that okay, was not terrible. It wasn't terrible. No. It went with everything. And I never would have thought no. this... Just because it doesn't seem like it should, but it was the Marlboro Sauvignon Blanc that was the absolute winner. Everything. By far. By a mile, what the Sauvignon Blanc winds up doing, especially from Marlboro, again, fruit forward, a little bit of the grapefruit note, it added a lime note to almost everything. And since you're going to add that- Mm. you're going to add that anyway. It is amazing. I mean, the chile relleno had shrimp in it also. We should mention that. Right. And even that, it was a little bit hot for the Sauvignon Blanc, and it took away some of the flavor of the wine, but it was still pretty good. It
1: certainly didn't detract from anything.
0: The ceviche, oh Oh, my God. Terrific. Lemony, tropical, didn't change the texture. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. It
0: went so well, added freshness. What an excellent pairing was, that was.
1: I was amazing. The
0: mole, the enchiladas, it softened the mole. Mm-hmm. It made it taste fresher. Mm-hmm. It was awesome with rice. It was fantastic with the enchiladas. Mm-hmm. It was great with tomato-based sauces. Salsa, sure. It added lime notes to the salsa. It did. It added lime notes to the enchilada, the sauce on mm-hmm. top of the enchiladas. It was outstanding. It really was. It goes well with elote, with with the corn on the cob, with sour cream, with everything. Guac, corn, corn corn-based dishes, tamales, everything.
1: But you said that it's specifically Marlborough. Yes. Sauvignon Blanc. Are there certain regions that we should try to avoid?
0: You're not going to get the same pop from Sancerre. You might get An okay showing from a Bordeaux, but it's got Semillon in it often, so you do have to be careful. California, Sauvignon Blanc would do very well also. South African? South African Sauvignon Blanc would do quite well also. Very good. You know, you don't need me anymore. Now you you just go start your own podcast. Well,
1: and thank you for... uh, This has been another episode of Wine... Uh.
0: We're really looking more at New World... Sauvignon Blanc. Chilean Sauvignon Blanc would also oh, right. work well. Okay. So the only one that I would maybe stay away from would be Sancerre, because okay. I just don't think it would work very well. And Bordeaux's a real, it's on the fence. I wouldn't chance it. Go for Chile, go for, especially for New Zealand, go for South Africa. I like that suggestion. It's a really good one. And, and and California. Just grab a bottle of that. You will be happy. You will be very, very happy. I think that is a winner.
1: No, I mean, it's going to go with almost anything you could order.
0: Yeah. My concern about Riesling, which a lot of people
1: talk about, Mm -hmm.
0: is that the acidity is very, very high on that. Right, And it also sometimes has some nuanced flavors. Now, I'm not going to rule out Riesling, Mm -hmm. but... I think if you've got your choice between Riesling and Sauvignon Blanc, go for the Sauvignon Blanc. Absolutely. Also, again, Verdejo is similar from Spain. That's going to work. These Spanish and a Portuguese white would work really well, mm-hmm. probably too, but maybe not as well as the Sauvignon Blanc because you need the grassiness. You need those floral notes. You need the citrus. You know and what? And it's hard to find elsewhere. So I'd I think say we
1: should try it out this summer. What do you think?
0: When we're in Portugal? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Okay. So the final wine that we tried, which we were pretty optimistic about, was the rosé. So just a traditional Provence rosé. And I was really surprised that it was a mixed result. Great with the queso. I've got to say, rosé and avocado is the yeah, best is pairing good, yes. I have ever had. Rosé goes amazingly well with lettuces and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you got salad, rosé is perfect. It tastes so but good But these together. are things that are
1: not spicy at all. So it's a creamy.
0: Right. It's just I the refried beans, they were really good. Mm-hmm.
1: Again, creamy.
0: I, it didn't do very well with the chili spices. Like it no. didn't do well with chile rellenos. It does really well with corns. The enchiladas, like, you know, you have this chili sauce. It it went well with that.
1: With the spices, it sort of segregated the flavors rather than blending them and melding, you know? It just made it taste pretty awkward.
0: It didn't work. No. I think it works really well with ceviche and any Mm -hmm. salad-based type things. I know it goes very well with fish tacos also, but... It's just a not offensive pairing, and since we're looking for something better than that, the obvious choice to me, and we did have a bunch of different types of wines. Hell, we even tried Chardonnay with some we of the did. stuff. It was the literal worst thing I've ever had. It was vile. Do not do that, incidentally. I don't care how much you love Chardonnay. No, 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 no. What
1: kind of Chardonnay was it?
0: It was a Santa Barbara Chardonnay. Oh, right. It's good on its own, but it yep. tasted horrible no, it was with terrible. all this stuff. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think that the finding here from us is that reds are to be used selectively, Mm -hmm. and you can't have something too soft, even though that's what's usually recommended. Garnacha has some very set characteristics that's going to make it go well, but I don't think you want anything that's too high in tannin. Tempranillo is not over the top in tannin, so we want to stay in that Malbec, Merlot family. You got to make sure that it can jibe with the rest of the flavors Mm -hmm. on the red meat side, and then i'm going to put down a bold number but i think like 70% of mexican and tex-mex food is based on, except for these specialty dishes that right. are are beef based right. are a lot of chicken a lot of fish a yes. lot of beans yes. a lot of corn
1: pepper corn chili mm-hmm.
0: sauces and cheese. if you're going to and tons of cheese and if you're going to do that then you got to stick in the family of Albarino, Mm -hmm. of Sauvignon Blanc, and of things that are like that. Or you can do a Rosé, but there may be something on the table Rosé strikes out with. True. There are other wines in this family, but I'm going to tell you, we don't have a huge set. And why does all of this make sense? All of this makes sense because we are looking as wine lovers to find pairings with Mexican food, but in the end... Probably the best thing with Mexican food is either a margarita, again, <laughs> lime, right? right? So this is where we're getting the sauvignon blanc yeah. type thing, mm-hmm. verdejo, albarino, and, and beer, which we're looking for things that are lighter and served style. with a lime. Yes. Things that are citrus in nature are going to be the best things, I think, for the wine. You need to think of this almost as another seasoning that you're adding to right. it. And if... You add something kind of random, it's not going to work. But if you stick within the parameters, just remember that I can't list every wine here that's going to go with Mexican food. And I know that some of you actually, when I mentioned we were doing a podcast on uh, Mexican food and wine pairings, I said, what about Mexican wine? Remember this about Mexican wine. Mexican wine is using French varietals, okay? So... It, whatever we're talking about, it's Mexican wine is wine made in usually the Valle de Guadalupe. And so we're not talking about like the Mission Grape, although the Mission Grape could potentially, Pais could potentially be uh, something that could be. It does fit in that family of wines, although I worry that it might be too fruity. You could definitely try the Mission Grape. But there are others. I just want to be clear that Mexican wine is... You, it's not, they're not using Mexican grapes. Right.
1: The whole what grows together goes together, I guess, needs to be augmented to what grows natively
0: together. Right. And Pais <laughs> would be together. one of those things okay. because the mission grape or Pais has been around or Criolla Chica, whatever you want to call it, has been around and it's in Mexico and that can work too. I just want to be clear that if you want to have Mexican food and Mexican wine together, that's fine. Just be aware that it's not native to Mexico. So we're just talking about yet another new world country. And if you have a, a Mexican rosé that you like, or you have a Mexican Sauvignon blanc or a burrino or something like that that you like, or a softer red that you like from Mexico, go for it if they have a like, gran But I think that sort of misses the point, which is that what we're trying to do is find something that's going to augment the flavors of this very complex and amazing cuisine. And in order to do that, we're going to have to find certain grapes and and certain styles that are going to work. Make sure there's acidity there. Make sure it's not over the top. Make sure that things aren't too soft. That's the big lesson that I've learned here. Soft wines do not work with Mexican cuisine. Gruner is too soft. Beaujolais is too Beaujolais, soft. Sure. In some cases, the cava mm-hmm. that we had, our cava was too soft. That is a great recipe for a wine disappearing. It's got to have an edge of something, and preferably that edge is going to be acidity.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's just to me, the, the real surprise was the Sauvignon Blanc and how versatile it was with the food.
0: Everything. Yeah, I know. Just everything. But Alberino is a very close yes, second. It is. And Rose did well too. So extrapolate as you will, but it is a limited set of wines. And say it like I always say, when you read these articles, go to do, do this experiment yourself. You know, go get your favorite Mexican from obviously from Taco Bell, the finest out there. Of course. Go get your chalupa.
1: The loco Dorito Loco Taco.
0: The Dorito Loco yep. Taco. Go get that. And,
1: and, and the queso and the nachos. I mean, the queso is Oh, the Velveeta? Yep. Yes. Yep.
0: If you don't know what Velveeta is, it is not cheese. It is a cheese product made in the United States that is scary. Um, but It's pretty used. much
1: made of nuclear waste. It yes. is.
0: Nobody knows what it's made out of, but it does often come out of a pump. Correct, yes. Which is really another interesting... I'm sure, like, if the Comte lady was listening right now, she would probably, like, literally just die right now. Yes. Go get your own favorite Mexican and do these experiments. Of course, we all have different palates. We're all going to find different things, but... As we have said before and as we have done before, remember that until you do these experiments yourself, it's all conjecture.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It's like a great excuse to get people together and compare notes. And
0: yeah, drink except and if, eat if you're and us and then it's just the two of us sitting I know, there. I know, I was thinking and, we need,
1: maybe we need to bring in some more other people. I
0: listen. know, I know. Where's Kelsey and Colby when you need Seriously. them? Seriously. Right? We still have some podcasts that we want to do with them too, but it's a bit irritating to me when I see that clearly people have read, they just read what other people right. recommended, and then they keep saying it over and over again without actually it's doing the work. It. If you're going to do the work, though, it's not these two things taste good together. It's let's have three or four wines right. and see what works best, because you notice that certain things make things taste flatter or better if you've got a really good pairing in front of you. So get back to us. Let us know what you think. But in terms of what we did, again, it's a limited sample. We couldn't get every single thing in the entire world. But given our experiences with Mexican, which we very much like, we cook Mexican food, we we order it out, we go out to Mexican food quite a bit, Tex-Mex, it's really Tex-Mex. We enjoy it. And we do have wine with it, but I think now I'm much more educated. I I will always be having a Sauvignon Blanc from now on. I know. I feel a
1: lot better about ordering wine.
0: Well, you know that the Sauvignon Blanc is going to work across the board, so that's pretty
1: good. It's exciting because we've been stuck with margaritas, which is not necessarily a bad thing. No, but this is a good pairing. Yes, this is a really good pairing. I totally agree.
0: All right, so we will leave it there. We will leave you with that happy Cinco de Mayo. And I hope everybody includes some wine in your fiesta. Obviously, if you want to have your, your beer and margaritas, go ahead. But grab a bottle of that Sauvignon Blanc too or an Albarino or Rosé and check it out and see what you think and get back to us. So that's what we got. And with that, this has been another episode of Wine for Normal People. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.